So what is the kingdom of heaven? The verses start here, it says the kingdom of heaven is like. In the second parable there, again, the kingdom of heaven is like. So what is the kingdom of heaven? One writer gave a working definition as the kingdom of heaven is the rule and reign and love of God through Jesus Christ. So these parables begin to show us what that means. What is the rule and reign and love of God through Jesus Christ? Growing up, I used to love uh, anything involving treasure hunts. I don't know if you did when you were growing up. Uh, anything involving lost gold, lost treasures, sunken ships. Um, I don't think I ever really outgrew that. Uh, I still wonder while I'm digging a hole in my backyard if I will strike it rich. Someone had buried something perhaps. Um, but now there are lots of shows on about lost treasure. Whether you go to the History Channel, they look at the past with sunken ships. But there are also shows that are on that deal with a different kind of treasure. Uh, things that are important to people that have been uh, misplaced or set aside. There's a show on called right now called Auction Hunters. I never knew this before, but if you've ever stored um, any of your belongings in a, in a locker or if you've stored any of your belongings uh, in a facility that, ha- that holds things like that, Oftentimes, people will, will sign up for something. They'll put their belongings in a, a storage facility like that. And then for whatever reason, maybe someone dies or maybe they can't pay their bill anymore. And so the facility itself uh, takes possession of these lockers. Um, and from time to time, they will have an auction, uh, basically, of the contents of these, uh, of these uh, facilities. And so this show, Auction Hunter, follows two men who are the most successful at this, and they go all over the country, and they bid in these auctions. And it's supposedly uh, this, this huge event when one, uh, when one comes along. And so they will open the door. You've seen them. They have those doors that kind of roll up like a garage door, and, and they're not allowed to touch. They're not allowed to move anything. Uh, they, ha- they can have flashlights and look in, uh, but they basically get about a minute or two to size up what they feel like the value of the contents of these, uh, these uh, storage uh, lockers are. And then they will start the bidding. They'll start it at $10 or $15 or $20 or, or 100 if it's perceived to be very valuable. So these two men who are very good at what they do, they, they quickly uh, surmise what they think the value is, and they set a, a top end on their bid. Or, and, uh, and this show is about sort of the, the, the high end uh, the, the most successful times that they've had. And it's a lot of fun to watch uh, because they find some wonderful treasures from antiques that have been stored to equipments. Uh, and what they do when they, when, they, uh, when they win the auction, they'll go through and they'll pull out and they'll throw away what's not of value and they'll, they'll uh, judge or, or evaluate it. And then they'll go and they'll sell it. So part of the show is, is them out trying to find someone to buy these treasures. And sometimes it's something as simple as medical supplies that somebody has stored and they'll find someone who's willing to buy. But other times it's wonderful treasures, wonderful. If you like antiques, they find great things uh, in, in these lockers. Um, sometimes they find extremely rare and valuable things. I uh, was watching just the other day and there was a, a picture frame uh, and one of them noticed that, that uh, the picture frame had an additional layer of, uh, of paper on the back. So we began to pull it off and, and back there, taped to the back of the picture, were six or seven strips of gold that they had, uh, that someone, to keep them safe, had put them behind this picture and then either forgotten about them, moved on, had passed away. 
So $15,000 worth of, of gold was found. You know how much they paid for that locker? $25. $25, and they ended up making over, uh, over $18,000 as they sold the uh, contents of the rest of it. Um, what is the present value of Jesus Christ in your, in your life today? Is Jesus Christ truly that, that treasure, that rare treasure that continues to, to increase in value in your heart and in your mind? The, the parables today talk about the kingdom of heaven, this idea of the rule and reign of, and love of God through Jesus Christ that is invaluable. It's a treasure beyond, uh, beyond measure. Let's jump into this. Uh, we have two individuals, two men. Verse 44 says, a man, and verse 45 says, a merchant. This man and this merchant uh, both come upon treasure, that they will sell all that they have uh, to attain this treasure. A variety of things happen in, in this first part. These two men, first, they recognize the value of what they have found. They recognize the value of what they have found. Uh, oftentimes in this period, uh, there were uh, the poor of society would not uh, would not go to a bank. They might have uh, strips of gold, or they might have some valuables. They might have something that was dear to them, and instead of taking it to a bank or a storage facility, uh, they might bury it on their property, mark the spot in some way that they would know uh, that it's there. Perhaps, and oftentimes they would again, someone would die. They would forget about it. And so someone later on would come along and, and, and dig this up. So this parable that uh, Jesus is telling is, is, is of a man who comes upon buried treasure. He finds this, uh, this incredible treasure buried, um, and he reburies it in the field. And then in his joy at what he has found, he goes and sells everything that else that he has, that he might go back and purchase this. Obviously, the value of the treasure far outweighs uh, what, what it was that he sold to be able to afford the land. Uh, I had the privilege one time of going to the British Museum in London, and I remember walking along, and off to the side was this card table, and it was set up very out of place at the British Museum. Uh, and there was a man there and had all these coins laid out on the table. Um, and we went over and talked to him, and they were Roman coins that he was plowing his, uh, his field a couple of weeks before, and he found this uh, old deteriorating pouch, and inside were dozens of Roman coins. And as we talked to him, he said this was a common thing in, in England, that people are plowing their ground up all the time, building, moving things, and they find these Roman coins. They were common. Um, these coins that he found were not very valuable, but imagine plowing your ground, digging a hole, and finding this incredible treasure buried there. So I want to look at, as we move through this, think in terms of those who know Jesus Christ today, is Christ Jesus this treasure that's spoken of here? If you don't know Jesus Christ, you're being confronted with a treasure this day. Today, as God's word is open in your heart and your mind, the treasure is being offered to you. The believer sees the value, and one writer said this, sees the wonder of it, and it made him want it more and more, and his whole life became about acquiring it. This man who found this treasure, he, he would stop at nothing to get this treasure. To an unbeliever, to one who is, un, is lost, who has ignored God's word, this treasure is still presented to them, but they're unable to recognize or see its value, unwilling to see uh, the treasure that is laid before them. 
Uh, scripture talks often, and Jesus dealt with men who ignored the treasure that was right before them. They were called Pharisees. In uh, John chapter 9, I'll read it to you. In John chapter 9, starting at verse 18, we have a, a story here as Jesus is dealing with the Jews and, and the Pharisees. Um, the, verse 18, the Jews did not believe that he had been blind. A, a young man had, had been blind, and, and Christ healed him of his blindness. And uh, so the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, uh, who you say was born blind? Then how does he see? The parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But now uh, he now sees, excuse me, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. For his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already argued that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. Verse 24, So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, speaking of Jesus. The blind man answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind... Now I see. The Pharisees and the Jews were confronted with the treasure that is Jesus Christ. They're confronted with a man who had been given sight, and they still didn't believe. And they called this man to task, and he says, I don't know if what you're saying is true or not, but I do know one thing. I was blind, and now I see. Many stories in Scripture are given where Christ heals the blind. Luke six thirty nine. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man... Uh, lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? There are many who are confronted with the treasure of Jesus Christ, but refuse, refuse to see it. They are spiritually blind and willing to see it. And there are those, like the Pharisees, who not only are blind, but seek to lead others away from Christ, lead others away from him. So these two men recognized the value of what they had. Next, they determined to have it. There was a mental ascent, a heart and mind coming together to say, I must have this. The lost who are confronted by Christ Jesus oftentimes determined to have everything else but Christ. Everything else in the world is far more valuable to them except for Jesus. Matthew 10, 37, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Are there things in your life this morning that you would, maybe not in, with words, but with your actions, would, would say to others, this is more valuable to me than Christ Jesus. I place this above Christ. Maybe it's reputation. Maybe it's family. Good things, but certainly not the best thing. So these men recognized what they had. They determined to have it. And next, they sold everything to make their purchase. They took action. They went after the treasure those who reject Christ spend their lives accumulating everything else. They have presented to them that which they need, that which they ultimately are desperate for, and yet they ignore it. But they spend their lives pursuing everything else but Jesus Christ. Mark 8 says, What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? How tragic it is to see a world that is pursuing things that will, will ultimately rust and decay and burn. 
when eternal life and joy in Christ Jesus is right before them. We do the same things at times, I think, though. Think of a man who has an affair and how much he forfeits. A moment of pleasure, a short time of indulgence, and he forfeits so much. He gives up wife and children and his contentment, his reputation for that moment of pleasure. Is there sin in your life today that is holding on to you? Is there something that you're holding on to that is, is drawing you away from Christ Jesus? Is there something that is keeping you from coming to Christ Jesus? One writer said this, He gave all he had to get more than he could ever even imagine. Such self-surrender always leads to joy, no matter what he uh, will give up for the sake of Christ and knowing God better. Joy is going to be the result. Initially, it may not seem that way. Knowing Christ Jesus will result in joy. It may not seem that way as we put aside sin, as we put aside temptation, but ultimately we will have the joy of knowing Jesus Christ, of reconciliation with the Father. And even if this life is filled with suffering, as it may very well be, we know that an eternal reward, an eternal treasure awaits us in heaven. Do we believe that this morning? I wish I did every moment of every day, but my sinful life says that there are things that I think are of far more value. When you and I sin, when we turn our back on what God has told us to do or or what we uh, are told not to do, we say to God, no, thank you, this treasure over here, this thing that I have valued, I think is better. And the Lord patiently draws us back. So these men recognized what they had. They determined to have it. They sold everything. And lastly, they acquired the treasure. This treasure that is acquired, this, this rule and reign and love of God the Father, is only through Christ Jesus, is only through faith in Him. It's not worked for, it's not labored for, it's a gift. It is given to us through faith in Jesus Christ. The lost uh, receive something as well. Through faith, we receive eternal life. We receive reconciliation. We receive joy. We receive an eternal home that cannot be taken. Those who reject, who are blind, who refuse to bow the knee, they receive something too. But we know from Scripture that they receive death. We as believers, just like these men, do not just see or seek, but we find and we acquire through Jesus Christ. A great missionary said, He is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. These men were willing to give away what at the time was all that they had to acquire something that was more than they could even imagine. Through Christ Jesus, perhaps this life that can be filled with suffering and pain and difficulties uh, is but a brief time. And we receive, through Jesus Christ, we receive an eternity that cannot be taken away from us. So first we've seen who these treasure hunters are. Now let's look at what is this treasure. Verse 44 talks of the gold that was found buried. And verse 46 talks about the pearl of great price. Again, I mentioned that gold that was found in the back of that treasure, uh, back of the picture frame. Uh, gold has always captured us, has it not? 
there's a commercial on about selling and buying gold, and it says, gold has never been worth zero because we value it. We look at it and we say, that's something I want. We, we fashion it into rings and into jewelry, into statues. We, we pour it into bars. We keep it behind lock and key. We value it. It's just a metal, but it has value because we look at it and pursue it. So this man who found this treasure in the field, uh, he, 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 he recognized it. He saw that the gold that was there was far more valuable than the life that he had. Think of it this way. Perhaps he had uh, a business or perhaps he had a home and a small piece of land that was worth today $200,000. He finds this piece of land or perhaps he's renting it from someone else and he's digging in the backyard perhaps putting in a fence, putting a post hole in, and he's digging and he hits something hard. And he digs around and he pulls out this chest and he opens it up and there, gleaming before him, is this pile of gold. He knows the value of gold. And he weighs what he has right now between his business and his land, $250,000, compared to this chest of gold, which is worth perhaps two, three, four million dollars. And he says, that's an easy trade. I will sell everything that I have to get this. He values it. This other man in verse 46, he's a hunter. He looks. He knows the value of things. And he's been looking for a pearl of great price and he finds one. He's a merchant who knows what to look for. Just like those who hunt for art know the fakes. They know the real ones. They know when they look at it, they can tell by the brush strokes, by the age, whether or not it's real or not. And they will cast aside the the copies, uh, and they will do whatever they can to add to their collection that one piece that they don't have. This is the comparison that's being drawn here to Jesus Christ, to to a walk, to a knowledge, to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, that it's it's valuable. It should lead us to, to cast aside everything else in life that we might have that intimacy, that personal uh, relationship with him. The gospel is another word. Jesus Christ, uh, the good news, this treasure is something wondrous. Scripture talks often about uh, something of value. It talks about the gospel and Jesus Christ in a variety of ways. Uh, Christ and the gospel are for the nourishment of our souls. They're food for our souls. Uh, Christ is called the bread of life. John 6, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus said to them, truly, truly I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, uh, but my Father gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. To some, bread is treasure. To some... Uh, just the daily morsels uh, that sustain them is, is great treasure. So Christ compares himself to the bread of life. He says he is that great treasure that feeds, nourishes our soul. He also is that uh, wonderful life-sustaining water, John 4. Jesus answered her, her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, uh, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That, that water that we need to sustain our very existence, Christ compares to 
the, the new life that can be found in him, a different kind of treasure, but scripture still equates it that way. Christ is also light, that enlightenment of the soul, our eyes being opened from blindness. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the houses. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Christ is, is the bread of life. He is the light He is the sustaining water. He is that treasure. Here we see this treasure compared to material possessions. Uh, But Christ is that bridge, the good news, that reconciled to God the Father. Uh, Some also compare, elsewhere, Scripture is compared to to treasure. Um, Psalm 19.10, More to be desired are they, referring to God's laws, than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Psalm 119, Therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Scripture could be compared to a treasure map leading us through God's word, through his commands, to find that ultimate treasure. But this treasure is costly. We see that they had to sell everything that they had One, to afford the land where the treasure was buried. One, to be able to purchase the pearl of great uh, price. And Christianity is costly, isn't it? I don't mean up front. I don't mean uh, in the sense of justification. That is a gift from God. We cannot earn that. We cannot buy that with anything that we have. Christ Jesus offers that freely. But as we know Christ, as he sanctifies us, as he makes us more and more holy... We are called to give up, to put aside, to take up our cross. And it is costly. It costs us pleasures that the world offers. It costs us reputation. It costs us what this world has to offer. But the comparison that is being drawn here is it truly is ultimately no cost, is it? To exchange something of inferior value for something of great value. To pay for something that is is prized, that is eternal that cannot be taken away. But it led me to the question of my own life, has Christianity cost me anything? Has knowing Jesus Christ in my day-to-day life, has it cost me anything? Has it cost me reputation? Does it cost me comfort? Do I put aside the things of the world because I long to know Christ? I'm not willing to satisfy with the trifles of this world because I want to feast with the King. As you grow older, has it cost you something? I'm sure the older we get, the more we look back and we say, well, yes, in a sense, I've given up a lot to follow after Jesus Christ. But as we grow in our love for Christ, as our our vision of what Christ did on the cross for us, as that expands, we begin to say, no, it hasn't cost me anything. What I've gained far outweighs anything that I might put aside. But there are those times, day by day, where we look and and it is painful to follow after Christ. Did the men who got the treasure count the costs? Did they know what it would cost them to go after these things that they wanted? Had they decided that the treasure that they went after was of far greater value than the things that they had at that particular moment? Luke 14 says this, For which of you, desiring to build a tower 
does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Do we count the cost daily of following after Jesus Christ? Do we examine our lives and, and look to the areas through the inspiration of Scripture and through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are we, in, in, are we in, enlightened to the, to the things that we need to put aside, the things that we need to cast away? Are we counting the costs of following after Christ? Philippians 3 says, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul compares those things that he put aside as rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ, the great treasure that is Christ. So we've seen who the treasure hunters are and what the treasure is. But what is the true cost of the treasure? And is your treasure hidden? For the treasure hunters, the cost was everything that they owned. A temporary loss for a greater gain. It's interesting in that, in that show, Auction Hunters, that sometimes they pay a hefty price. Sometimes they pay four, five, six hundred dollars a thousand, two thousand dollars as they bid. And sometimes they get bitten. Sometimes there's nothing there. But sometimes, on those fun days, they may have paid two thousand dollars for a particular facility, but it turns around a tenfold profit because of what they find on the inside. It was costly initially. What they gained from it was far greater. What is the real cost of the kingdom of heaven? The life and blood of Jesus Christ. The true cost of the kingdom of heaven, the true cost of the treasure for you and I to have it, was the life and death and blood and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He paid dearly so that we might have fellowship with the Father again, so that our sins might be forgiven so that we might be able to attain and hold on to for eternity that great treasure, that pearl of great price. Are we hiding that treasure? We have it if you know Jesus Christ today. If you've bowed the knee, if you've recognized your sin, if you said that my life um, has been lived for me, but now I long to live for Christ, and I accept what Jesus Christ did on the cross, I accept his life, his perfect life in my stead, and I see that he was raised from the dead, defeating sin and death. And he's my personal Lord and Savior. But do we proclaim it? Do we carry the treasure around with us? Do we tell anyone who will listen about this treasure? Or do we hide it? Scripture says hiding it under a bushel or under a tree. Do we do that? 2 Corinthians 4 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown into our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We have it. We have the treasure. Let's show everyone. Let's tell everyone. Let's, let's parade it around. If you had received an inheritance of a million dollars from a long-lost relative, I'm sure you would be telling people about it. You'd be excited about it. You would want people to know your fortune. Through Jesus Christ, we have that treasure. 
We have the pearl of great price. So I encourage us today to look at our lives. Do we value the treasure? Will we tell others about the treasure? Let's pray. Father in heaven, so many times we hold the treasure in our hearts. We pull it out each day. We examine it. And yet it, I dare say, bores us. We're bored by Christianity at times. We're overwhelmed by the problems in life. And so we put the treasure away and we tuck it back until the next time we might want to pull it out and look at it. Father, forgive us for not valuing the treasure of great price, for not seeing Jesus Christ, for not seeing your kingdom, for not seeing reconciliation to you as the most valuable and important and wondrous thing in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would overwhelm us today with the good news of Christ in our lives. I pray for those who are here and those that we know who ignore the treasure, who pursue other things of this life thinking them more valuable. Father, we pray that you'd bring salvation, you'd bring uh, light into their lives, that you would bring them from blindness to sight, from death to life, that they would know the treasure of great value that is Jesus Christ. And for those of us who do know him, I pray, Lord, that you would remind us through your word today of how wondrous it is that because of Jesus, we can receive that treasure and no one can take it away. And it will not tarnish. It will not rust. It is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have a place secured in heaven because of him. Lord, let us be the ones who proclaim your name, who tell others about the the treasure that we have, and that they too, through faith, can have in their life as well. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.